0: Hey, it's Zach. The draft is over. We're exhausted. Roll the tape.
1: Tyler Chanowski, number 25 receiver at the University of Waterloo. Dylan Gibbon,
0: left tackle of the Western Mustangs. Jacob Zott, McMaster Marauders, offensive lineman, number 66. AJ Allen, aka Sizzle, number 52 as a lineman, a linebacker at the University of Guelph.
1: Plusgamumba, University of Western Ontario, cornerback, number 15. And you're listening to at the, at the 55. At The 55. At The 55. At The 55. At The
0: 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is our special post-draft edition. I hope you were tuning into all the action as me and Dakota were following it. The draft. Dakota was on IG posting all those graphics with all the OUA guys. Hopefully, you saw me at some point on the IG live, covering every moment of it. And uh, oh my gosh, I am, uh,
1: I am, uh, I'm exhausted. How how are you feeling, Dakota?
0: <laughs> that,
1: was, that wasn't even planned. I was actually just about <laughs> to yawn while you were talking. Um, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. Um, uh, it 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 went from and this is just me complaining just about graphics like it went from <laughs> zero to hundred very fast like I mean how many guys how many OUA guys were picked up in the first round or first couple rounds like four or five or something like that and then for something that took two hours to get through two rounds yeah it, the the other six went by fast oh so- like very fast well it was funny because. Um, and, and
0: you know, thank you to everyone who joined on the IG live. Um, you know, I, I'm honored that we had as many guys as we did. so I'm not going to necessarily, at this moment, at least uh, try and name all the names because I don't want to forget someone. But at the end of the second round, after the Argos picked up, uh, Samuel Achampong out of Laurier, we had uh, Charlie Taggart, assistant assistant defensive line coach, and my former teammate at Guelph come on and join us. And you know, I loved every minute of of having him on and everything he was getting to share with, not just uh, what uh, Atchampong can bring to the Argos and and what he meant for the the Golden Hawks, but also just in terms of getting to learn about the uh, the the personal or the 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 individual training business Charlie's doing right now. But as I'm having this talk with him. I'm I'm checking the I'm checking the draft board and all of a sudden now it's 21 pick 21 22 23 24 and it's you know it just was all happening and of course there was that stretch in the uh late third round early fourth round where we had just a whole mess of OUA guys um but just a brilliant night for Canadian football all around um a lot of interesting things happened in this draft, and uh, you know, I, I think we'll probably just start by going through the OUA guys and uh, kind of talking about some of the notable things there. And uh, you know, as we go, we'll probably comment on some of the the other happenings uh, from this draft. So, before we jump in, anything you want to say left, or should we just hit it?
1: Let's just jump into it. All right, perfect.
0: <laughs> well, first OUA man off the board, Dakota. You called this when we were on the thirteenth man earlier this week my man coulter woodman's the offensive lineman out of guelph he was gracious enough to join us on ig live uh, a little later in the evening um which was such a pleasure to get him on and oh my goodness i, I i'm still you know through the through my consciousness slowly fading to uh, to uh, to uh, to, uh, to sleep here I, i'm still so excited for him um top top guard prospect out of guelph and the offensive line position was obviously a bit of a, a question mark in terms of who was going to be first off the board in the oua was it going to be coulter was it going to be dylan giffen was it going to be jesse lawson and you know when you look at where these guys ended up coulter was wasn't just the first Hyman picked out of the oua but the first by a, a round or two I, i'm looking through it right now um I mean, we'll just talk about him as the first draft off, off the board. What what was your sense when you saw him going over Giffen that uh that made you want to what was the sense you had that had you taking him over Giffen?
1: Well, the first, first thing I want to talk about is the fact that uh I forgot Jesse Lawson got drafted and I did not make a picture <laughs> for him. Oh, Carlton is going to be
0: talking a lot of smack about us then.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll probably do I'll probably do it while we're talking, but um, I mean, I had I, I had him going, you know, kind of a one-two with Dylan Giffen, Which I mean, if you look at the O line that were drafted, that's kind of how it was, um, at least for the OUA. Um, I mean, I actually had him going. T- 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 I had him going sixth, uh, sixth overall. You're sleeping on um, my boy. And I, he, I well, <laughs> okay, okay. He, he went fifth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I no, I think I think my main thing here is I was just surprised at the lack of O linemen that kinda of went off the board. You know, they waited until the, the deep second round for that to happen. Um, which was a little surprising to me. Um But I I, I don't know. I, I, I he landed exactly where I thought he was. I didn't think that, you know, Hamilton really necessarily needed the uh the offensive line talent. You know, they have a very good squad. But I guess their defense is obviously their strong suit, especially with their Canadian talent there, so why not just go with the kind of tried and true and tested and all that stuff position, which is the old lineman in the CFL.
0: Definitely. And, you know, obviously when you look at CFL teams and their connections with the OUA, the Tiger cats and the Marauders obviously play in the same city, but Guelph uh, being so close in terms of proximity. And as we saw with some of the Montreal picks, you can really tell that the, uh, I guess what you'd call the, the the local team, so to speak, play a big part in in the uh, the scouting that these CFL teams are able to do. And you know, of course, it makes sense you're going to be able to scout in your backyard better than you are across the country. But uh, you know, Hamilton and Guelph, obviously geographically super close, so not a surprise there, really, that they were the team to scoop them up off the board. Um, Second OE way guy off the board Who could have easily been the uh, the first In so many people's books But 11th pick overall Jack Kasser out of Carlton To the Toronto Argonauts um, And he's a Mississauga kid So you can imagine what this means for him um, Hopefully we can get him on uh, You know in the near future And talk about not just the draft But his career at Carlton I mean, we've talked about this guy all year long. I mean, what's left there to say about Jack Kasser? You, you know, we talked about him getting looks down south, um, just such a stud. And I've said this a million times, and I said it on the uh, on the IG live all night long but when you watch Carlton defense you find 45 he will take you to the ball it's not just in the run game but he plays coverage really well for someone his size 6'3", 6'4 220 plus I mean I've seen him at one point listed at 240 he moves laterally so well he drops into coverage um, just uh, you know he was he was a, a,
1: a no-brainer pick wherever he was gonna land yeah, I mean the the pro, the prospect poll or whatever you want to call it had him so much further down for some reason. Um, so you know it didn't at all surprise me uh, that he got picked up there. I kind of saw him maybe and I, I you know I I saw him kind of going where he went. I was like okay, late kind of first, early kind of second, and that's exactly what he went. Obviously, big big for him, uh, Mississauga boy uh, playing for the closest city he could play for, uh, which is Toronto. Um, Toronto obviously struggled a lot on defense. I would say they struggled more in the, in the coverage game, but they struggled a lot on defense last year. And, and having a guy that can come in and make an impact right away, and maybe not necessarily in the starting linebacker spot, but definitely in specials, will be huge for them. 100%.
0: Next OEA pick we had off the board. I w- I don't want to talk about this one too, too much. And obviously there was... You know, 20-something guys from the OUA coming off the board. So, uh, you know, given how tired we are right now, I'm sure we're not going to talk um, uh, you know, ad nauseum about all these guys. But uh, 13th overall, next OUA guy off the board, or at least OUA guy listed, Elaine Pay. I'm not even sure if I'm saying his last name right. Out of Ottawa, drafted by the Edmonton Eskimos, defensive lineman. And at first, I was kind of embarrassed that someone getting picked 13th overall out of the OUA was a name that I was not familiar with. Um, but I caught a little bit on the TSN program, them mentioning something about him missing a few years. I don't know if it was due to injury or, or what it was and just listening looking at his listening here on the uh, OU, on the CFL website he's actually he's born in 93 so you know clearly a bit of an older player um obviously a bit of a story there tried to get a uh, a Betamedi to come onto the IG live with me to maybe explain that and uh, also talk about some of their other picks that we'll get to a little bit later um but uh you know without getting too deep into that pick I think that'll be one we'll need to uh I guess maybe bring on some GG guys to maybe clear up uh, what what his uh, what he was all about. But clearly, uh, quite the talent to be picked 13th overall to Ottawa.
1: Pardon me, out of Ottawa to Edmonton. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna draw draw a huge blank on this one. I, in no offense to him at all, but obviously, he's a year younger than me. He's your age. Um, you're 93, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're 93. <laughs> um. So, I mean. I would, you know, I have no absolutely nothing about him, so I'm not even going to pretend to to be knowledgeable in this in this part of it. Well, then let's move on. I'll I'll mention the next two names that we
0: had coming out of the OUA because two of the biggest names and two of the uh, um, you know two of the sexier names in the in this draft in terms of just the the hype going around them. First off, at number sixteen, we had Cameron Lawson. Out of Queens going to the Montreal Alouettes, followed quickly by Noah Hallett, out of McMaster, getting picked 18th by Winnipeg. Um, Noah obviously now joining his brother Nick Hallett, whose name I, I embarrassingly forgot when we were on 13th man the other day, um, but joining his brother there um, on Winnipeg. Nick, I believe, played at U of T and, and Cam Lawson. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy like Cass are getting looks in the States and, and just the uh the hype around him. I, I think Lawson was probably is, is probably right there next to him in terms of guys that there was just so much buzz about. Um yeah, I, I think that's probably the right spot for these guys. There was obviously some talk about maybe Lawson going in the first round, but I'd say sixteen and eighteen for those two guys feels right. How what was your sense on
1: the on those picks? Yeah, I mean It's it's weird because you look at the rounds and you're like, oh, man, you know, he shouldn't be like a second or a third round. But then you also realize, like, there's not the NFL. There's so little teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so little teams that people get picked up so fast. So, I mean, like a third third or a fourth round in the CFL is still a first round in the NFL sort of thing. Um, True. I mean, it, it, it really just depends on what the team needs. So, you know, you could be the number two defensive lineman, but if, you know, only two teams need a defensive lineman, you're going to fall to the second or the third. So I think they, you know, they landed where they where they should have, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to say they should have, um, but I wasn't I wasn't too shocked about that drop.
0: Definitely. Um, all right, so moving to our, our next OUA guy. Um, we got Sam Atchampong, the territorial pick for the Toronto Argos at number 20, last pick of the uh of the second round, the last pick that people would have seen on TSN defensive lineman out of Laurier and, and as we said on the um, pardon me as I just shuffled through my notes here, but as we were saying on, on IG and as obviously as people have talked about in recent years, um you know Laurier has definitely solidified themselves as if not top candidate, one of the top candidates for D-line U in the OUA. Achim joins the ranks of guys like Robbie Smith, Trayvon James, Rashari Henry, Kwaku Boateng, and Ese a. Murabwe, a Jufro, um, defensive lineman, um, picked into the CFL out of Laurier. Uh, as we mentioned, we had Charlie Taggart. My former teammate at Guelph, who's now working with the D line at Laurier, come on to the IG Live and, and uh you know, sing his praises. And he really uh you know, you look at a guy like Achimpong, 6'5", six five, two sixty two, and that's you know, his frame is really what Charlie honed in on, that he has a really unique build. Um you know, he's he's strong enough to handle the inside, probably more of a, a, a three-tech type guy, but you could see him take reps at the one on the nose, can play at the DN position, really long arms, so a guy that's hard to, uh, you know, as an offensive lineman, you, especially in the run game, you don't want a guy to be able to get extension on you, which is hard for, uh, harder to do when a guy's got long arms like that. And, you know, when we had Coulter on as well, asked him a little about, Achimpong, who he hadn't played since 2018, but he uh, was a big fan of him. Uh, Laurier is D-line. You as, as the the Western Mustang in the house. I imagine maybe you have some pushback
1: on there, or what do you what, what's your sense for that? I I don't want to say I was surprised by the way where he went. Um, it was it was kind of like an initial shock of where Pong went, and then you kind of sit back and you're like, no, it, it makes sense. You know, he he maybe isn't the flashiest and he's not getting talked about enough, but I feel like if he had more of a shot, um, if you know, if there was, you know, say a national combine and he got his chance to run a little bit more one-on-ones against the best Mm -hmm. of the best. Uh, I feel like his stock would have risen. And when I say risen, I mean, risen to where he got picked up. Um, just because I feel like he wasn't being talked a lot about in like the mocks, which kind of goes to show, I mean, mocks aren't, aren't everything. Yeah. (laughs) In a sense. (laughs) Where you know I you take take everything they say with a grain of salt. Man, take everything we say with a grain of salt. But
0: well, then that'll take us towards the the late third round where the uh, avalanche of OUA guys really came through. Starting with Tyler Turnowski. Um, let me do my quick monsters in compression. Tyler Turnowski, uh, now a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats by way of the Waterloo Warriors. Um, anyone listening to this podcast, we don't need to remind you of how great Ternowski is. Um, you know, played in the slot, probably where he'll play for Hamilton. Um, you know, great speed. Um, really tough, a really tough blocker. You know, he doesn't doesn't seem to be scared to, to get dirty in the mix. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't go in... I'm not going to go in order in these picks... Just now, because I think there's a fun compare, two fun comparisons to make. So, I'm actually going to jump over two more OUA guys to take us to the 30th pick where Keon Schaefer Baker out of Guelph was taken by Saskatchewan. And, you know, we'd kind of talked about comparing these two guys um, in terms of obviously when you just look at the the counting stats, so to speak, that they were able to put up in the OUA, um, you wouldn't even. You know, if you just look at those numbers, you wouldn't even dare compare the two of them. But and once again, another example of, uh, you know, to me, a big shout out to Saskatchewan's recruiting department without having the draft, because Kean's someone who probably is a steal because he has like a 40 inch vert. He's fast as a, you know, he's fast as all heck. Uh, 6'4, you know, they were listing him at 195. But when we had Clark Barnes on, um, I, I thought that number sounded fishy. And, and, uh, Barnes agreed that he's probably closer to 210, 215. And, uh, you know, we kind of play with that fun thought experiment. If you flip the the careers of, of Kian and, and, and Turnowski in terms of playing for Waterloo or Guelph, uh, what kind of production they would have been, you would have seen. But, um, you know, you are a resident receiver. What do you take of Turnowski going twenty seventh to Hamilton and Kian going thirtieth overall to Saskatchewan?
1: Uh first of all, congrats to uh, to Ternowski on that. Uh, that's huge. Um, I'll I'll not backtrack, but you know, I'll say I thought he was gonna go a lot later than than he obviously did. Um, and just off the top of my head, I, he was the first, you know, U Sport receiver, was he not? Um, or my well, oh, I I'm gonna give it a give it a quick look here. I think you're sorry. Right. No, we had we had Chevelle. we had Pinto yeah. at UBC, MT um, Dubs. Yeah, uh, you know, Tobiko, guy. Yeah, um, I I thought people would be a little more wary about him. Obviously, um, he's not an oversized receiver. Resident. He's only six foot, 180 pounds. That's still a pretty pretty solid build. Um, I see I see him going to Hamilton. I see him coming back uh, for next year. And then maybe going back and really competing for a spot. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was a little surprised that, you know, Schaefer Baker, uh, was below him just because I know a lot of CFL teams like to pick people just off their builds and and raw athletic ability. And not to say Chanowski doesn't have that, but, uh, I've seen obviously, you know, and he kind of reminds me a little bit. I don't know if you remember Matt Uren who played at Western. um, very similar build. He was actually he's shorter than Turnowski, but also went to Hamilton. I think in a seventh round draft pick, uh, didn't really end up sticking there. But I mean, I, I hope Tyler can. I I hope he doesn't come back to Waterloo. I think he will come back to Waterloo for for one more year. Um, but I hope when he get, ends up getting a chance to really compete in Hamilton, that he gets the stick. But I was just surprised. I was surprised by the fact that that skill positions were going, you know, at that spot. I thought they'd fall a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, it was interesting seeing,
0: um, you know, talking about skill position, Rice and John. I mean, kind of going outside OUA, obviously going twenty first overall, first in the, in the third round, um, and we'll get into
1: the uh, Canadian. But do you, do you, did you look? Did you look at his stature? Oh, like, I mean, six, you, six, you, six, seven, have 220 have I,
0: Oh, I totally, oh, I totally get it. Um, I mean, I just the, it, I think he was first, um, in terms of guys who got picked up in an, by an NFL team to uh get off the board. So I mean just just that component of it uh was interesting. But uh you know, no doubt both uh both Turnowski and Kian um top prospects and you know I'm kinda hoping to see uh Tyler return to Waterloo just because I think they uh they're they're due for for at least a, a Yates Cup run, if if not to make a championship. And obviously, having him and uh, you know a couple other players who we'll get to from Waterloo who got drafted, having them return will be a, an integral part of their success. Um, so now moving from uh, the boring skill position uh, area, let's let's get to the uh, the the real heart of football. Let's talk about some of these O Uh We had twenty eight and twenty nine back to back. Dylan Giffen out of Western, going to the Argos. And then Jacob Zott, out of Mac picked up by the Red Blacks. Um, given career tackle for uh, Western, getting reps both at left and right tackle. Um, Zott playing at the right guard spot um, for Mac. Um, obviously, both uh, gentlemen, Yates Cup champions uh, in, in different years, and you know, of course, with these Western Mustangs, and I've said this a few times now, whether it's Western or the guys from Laval or Calgary, um, I mean, even a team like Acadia, just because the, you know the, they they've been known to win their conference and and get to play in the, in the in the in the in the national semis. That it's it's nice being able to you know, especially in a year where we don't have the the combine, getting to be able to watch their tape not just against you know the bottom feeders of their conference but being able to say okay let's like we can watch a we can watch a five minute highlight tape of Giffen going up against Matthew Betts right Um and so I think that's a really big component of it like I said especially in a year where you don't have the draft so a bit of a surprise where he fell um, as much as he did I mean we saw um Carter O'Donnell drop a little bit probably once again due to uh, him being picked up in the NFL but I still don't really have a, a read on, on why given fell um, in terms of Zot, you know that that pick makes sense to me I mean realistically when I think about him and Coulter I, I don't really see too too much of a uh, too too much of a difference between the two of them just from what I've seen them do both at Mac and at Guelph um, but, uh, you know, I, I obviously two guys, and, and we'll, we'll go over the full list of guys we had on the offseason walkthrough tour, but two of the guys that we had on the tour. Um, what would you like about seeing these two guys come off the board?
1: Uh, huge fan of Giffen, obviously, uh, and also huge bias. Um, I, I did say he was going to go to Toronto. I thought he was going to go to Toronto a lot sooner, just to the fact that Toronto had uh, three picks in the top 15 I think mm. even even more than that um again it's kind of you know I think that both Zot and Giffen have raw talent um and obviously tremendous strength and size you know obviously the the Argos in the last couple of years have made a push to have much larger uh, I think, you know, six three six four is kind of the cutoff for them. you got to be a little bit bigger than that. Dylan Giffen, obviously, way bigger than that, 6'8", 346. Um, and then, you know, Ottawa picking up a new quarterback, hoping to start something fresh. It's important to bring in that extra healthy, young, fresh O-lineman, if not to come in and start, at least to come in and compete with the guys you have there and make sure that no one's lacking off.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean... I as we've talked about on a few of our episodes and stuff just the 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 Canadian love of, of the offensive lineman I mean especially when you got guys of this size with this raw talent um, you know it, it's it's really a no-brainer um, so now moving back over to the defensive side of the ball our next two OUA guys and uh, you know this is all once again in succession this is six consecutive OUA picks starting with Turnowski, and then moving to the 31st pick overall we had Waterloo's Curtis Gray uh, linebacker getting taken by the Calgary Stampeders, followed by Doton Akatepe, defensive back for uh, Guelph, getting taken by Edmonton. Um, you know, Gray, I talked about this a little bit on, on the IG Live. Um, you know, th- really, Waterloo's only Achilles Hill heel this past year was uh or the biggest Achilles heel was was the run defense and a big part of that was obviously missing a guy like Jack Hinsberger uh who won rookie of the year in the OUA in 2018 and then missed 2019 due to I believe an Achilles injury and Curtis Gray was a really big part in terms of you know while while the run defense did suffer um he was big in terms of being able to hold down the fort for them and he allowed them to do a lot of things um a lot of things for them in terms of uh what they wanted to do defensively schematically because he can kind of move around to a few positions. Um, they were obviously I think best when they had him in at that uh, in, in the linebacker position. Um, so I think a, a bit of a surprise cause a name that wasn't so heralded in the mock drafts uh, prior to this, but I believe a name that did come up in terms of uh, sleeper picks when we sort of put that question out to, uh, to the guys in the OUA and uh, then Akitepe, um played safety for Guelph and um, you know, obviously, uh, you know the, the bias is there, but Clark Barnes just spoke in such uh, glowing terms about him, and he's he's a big hitter. He uh, makes a lot of picks for them from the safety position. You can tell he reads the reads the field really well, and uh, you know just knows when to when when to pounce on on, uh, on a ball and when how to make. And he's a playmaker. Um, so he, yeah, Curtis Gray, Akatepe, rounding out the six straight picks uh in the late third round into uh the fourth round is this when you knew you were really in trouble in terms of putting out the the ig posts
1: yeah so i mean i, I don't want to complain but let's <laughs> see we we were good we, you know the second round we were good third round we were fine and then it kind of just hit yeah it was like okay chanowski giffen Zot, Schaefer Baker, uh Gray, Akatepi. I was like, oh oh, okay. <laughs> like that's when I that's when I when I hopped off the live with you and I said, Okay, I just need to start pumping out content for yeah. these guys. Um it, I mean it's it's all these these picks were a little bit of a blur for me. Um, you know, it would probably get a little bit of a, a worse take in the coming rounds for me, but you know, I'm I'm sad for Waterloo and Guelph if their guys stick. I mean yeah. we'll get to it later on about who gets picked up more, but I mean, Waterloo lost some dogs and Guelph definitely lost some dogs in this draft, which, I mean, goes to show the, the type of players that they kind of develop. But, uh, I mean, I know the coaches, as happy as they are for them, are, you know, deep, 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 deep down inside, yeah. even if it's only a little bit kind of <laughs> hoping that these players come back and, and can play one more year. Um, I can't say, you know, I know much about about Curtis Gray, but definitely Akatebi is, is, a, is a beast on the field for Guelph. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he'll be missed, but only probably by Guelph and not by a lot of receivers.
0: (laughs) No, I think uh, I think you got that one on the nose and just taking a look at some of the stats. Gray finished tied for fifth in terms of tackles per game. Um, so really making an impact on that defensive side of the ball for Waterloo, which uh, very often gets overlooked because of just the overwhelming talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so moving a little further in the fourth round, we get another pair of back-to-back OUA picks, starting with Tyson Middlemost out of Mac going to Calgary with the 34th pick, followed up by uh, our boy A.J. Allen uh, out of Guelph, uh, going to Saskatchewan. Um, you know, let's start with Tyson. Um, you know, felt we had Barnes on and then we had alamine on for a little bit um neither of them seemed to know who. He was, which uh, I feel bad about uh, that. Uh, that obviously happened. Know who Tyson Middlemost was? Tyson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark, yeah. Clark doesn't know who AJ Allen is. No, but yeah, didn't know who Tyson Middlemost was. Which I mean, I, I kind of maybe understood with, with Clark, I guess, like receiver to receiver, and he's in his first year. A Little surprised that um, Alamine didn't. But I think this is actually in a, in, a, in a in a weird roundabout way a positive thing when you actually look at. What McMaster does offensively and realistically defensive too, de- defensively too, where what do we talk about all year with Mac? They spread the ball out better than anyone in the OUA and maybe even in U Sports. The way that Dewey can just hit any number of his receivers, whether it's Xander Tachinsky or Tyson Middlemost, or feeding it to the running backs. They have their um, with you know Justice Allen um, and all their other weapons. So once again, I think this is a credit to the scouting uh, department for Calgary to be able to recognize that if you look at the stats middlemost doesn't necessarily stand out because well he's a part of he's a cog in the machine of that McMaster offense that as a whole was dominant but didn't have necessarily one individual that stood out so you know I think that'll be a good pick for them I mean I don't have too good of a a read other than the fact that obviously he's been a big part of that offense for a few years now an offense which is um you know, when they have had Duick in the helm at quarterback has been good. Um, but then we move to uh, A.J. Allen, who, much like with Curtis Gray from Waterloo that we were talking about there, really unlocks a lot of things for or unlocked a lot of things for Guelph. Actually, no, I'm not going to talk about it in the past tense because I want to see A.J. back at Guelph and then go to Saskatchewan. Unlocks a lot of things for that Guelph defense because of his ability to play D-line and linebacker. Which, with the number of guys they have on that defensive line and that linebacking core, allows them to uh, allows them to be really creative in terms of how they attack offenses. Um, so AJ, I know is someone that you formed a, a really good relationship with in the time since we got to meet with them. Um, how great was that seeing him come off the board?
1: Well, b- before I jump into that, I'll I'll just j- bounce back a little bit to uh, to middlemost. Mm. Um, just what you were saying. Uh it's similar to what we were saying about Hallett in the sense where, you know, great absolute talent that maybe is kind of masked a little bit by the fact that it's such a well rounded unit. Um obviously Duick uh it throws to I think we were are we talking about like eleven different completes to eleven different, you know, yeah. targets in a game. Um so, you know, he might not run out of a game with 150 yards and three touchdowns, but um, you know, great great talent, uh decent stature i feel like he's a little taller than than what he's listed at at 6-1 yeah um but you know <laughs> part part of me wonders you know when they were out there in the in the national semis in calgary was uh <laughs> was he being scouted a little bit back over there you know did, did calgary did it just make calgary's job a little bit easier to uh to watch him instead of having to travel yeah um but no for for aj couldn't couldn't be happier uh you know, to see him get drafted. I was really hoping he's gonna get picked up. I thought he was gonna fall a little bit and that's that's nothing against AJ at all. It's just, you know, his stature at linebacker, you know, there is a lot of talent there, especially since he kinda of plays that outside the end as well. Um six one two ten, again, I think that's a little bit of fudge numbers. I think he's a little bit bigger than that. Um no, great great guy. Uh I think, you know, the team's really you know, during the interviews or during the calls can kind of see the character of, of a person as well. And I think that kind of helps their stock, but yeah, I was talking to him ahead of time. He's saying that, you know, certainties are calling and he, he doesn't know where he's going to go, but he's just excited about the process and just, just very happy for him. Uh, you know, especially to be picked up so soon, you know, so high in the draft. I know it's the fourth round, but for me, I feel like that's high in the CFL draft because this is the NFL. This would be a, a early second rounder. You know, this would be mm-hmm. a claypool type type draft pick for, for a team. Um, you know, I hope he sticks. I think, again, similar to what I was saying about Tarnowski, I think he's going to come back for another year. Um, you know, maybe they might say, hey, switch positions to, you know, more of a set uh, linebacker sense. Um, you know, it's not really his choice, but a lot of teams do that with people they want to see. And I think he can come back if he can, you know, either put on more weight and become that kind of true DN sense or lose a little bit of weight and maybe become that. Uh, that Sam linebacker, kind of see how he can come out into coverage. Um, but again, I'm not Saskatchewan. I'm not going to, I don't know what kind of holes they really need to, to fill, but I think either way, if, if he can uh, show the teams that he can play specials, that's, that's definitely the way he'll stick on, on their roster.
0: Definitely. Uh, next OUA guy, guy off the board, we get to Mark Leggio, uh kicker out of Western, who's now a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There was, on, I think at least more than one. Um, mock draft, you know, and maybe these are just the old mock drafts before the info came out, where people were putting him maybe in the first round, going to Hamilton, um, obviously as the replacement for Haralahu uh, to get the uh, the Western kicker connection there. Um, Winnipeg scooping him up. Obviously, you got Mike O'Shea there, um, at the helm for. Uh, for uh, for Winnipeg as the head coach, and obviously uh, you know as well as anyone about him being working with special teams in uh, in his time with Toronto as a coach. Um, where did Leggio finish off in terms of points? Was he the all all U Sports
1: leader, or was it all Western? I don't know if he's all I don't know if he's all U Sports. I know he's definitely uh, OUA. Right, all um, OUA, yeah. And and just just something for all those people who are like oh you know he's gonna go to Hamilton and, and kind of fill in for Haralau. They you, they do know that Haralau got picked up by Winnipeg, right? Like that's who drafted Liram. Oh, interesting. Originally, <laughs> so it's a- so yeah. Liram, Liram went from uh, Winnipeg to Toronto to Hamilton, and now obviously he's uh, in Los Angeles. But I mean, you can kind of you can kind of put those connections together there as well, you know, kind of seeing. Leggio taking over for Liam at Western and then people, people obviously have their eye on him um, and now taking over for him yeah. in, in Winnipeg in a sense, um, you know, you don't really got to say much about the stature uh, it, when it comes to kickers. You just got to talk about the leg and he's got the leg, not only in his name, but also in his, in the stats. Um, so I, I think this is the type of guy that obviously kickers it's, it's different. I think he'll stick. Um, whether it's with Winnipeg or if he gets, you know, if, if for some reason they cut him. So I don't see why he'll definitely get picked up somewhere. Um, the important thing is just kind of staying in the league. Uh, kickers are, I don't want to say hated in the CFL, but <laughs> I mean, coaches have such little patience because there are so many kickers. But it is also an added bonus if you can have that Canadian kicker to start. It, you know, because the ratio rules, it kind of gives you a little bit more room to work with. So, you know, I hope for the best, but I know he can can bomb it with the best of them.
0: Well, I mean, the numbers uh, bear that out uh, without a doubt. Next OUA guy we have coming off the board, 42nd overall, Dion Pellerin from Waterloo, running back, picked up by the Argos. Dion was the bowling ball um, for the Warriors. um, And you could really see... I think he might have been a bit injured in 2018, if I remember correctly. But that was 2018. Was obviously the uh, the the Trey Ford show. Just you know, period. N- no question about it. They were passing. That's when um, Turnowski was just putting up stupid numbers. Lamb was putting up stupid numbers. Trey was doing his thing. So it seemed like in 2019. You know their offense was still very potent, but they seemed to balance it out a little bit more with less, a bit less of a focus in the passing attack and more running the ball. Which, when you had the production that Pellerin was putting up, um, you know it's it's to no surprise. And I'll uh, I'll cite that the the post we did the poll we did on on IG where uh, he was far and away the number one picked guy in terms of what. How did you word it? Hardest guy to tackle or? Uh, hardest hitting running hardest back. hitting running back. Um, so I mean, obviously his peers give him that vote of confidence, and I'll throw this comparison at you. Um, when when this pick happened, particularly with going to the Argos, it kind of made me think about Declan Cross. Who do you remember Declan Cross? Um, but uh, just as a, as a bigger running back, Declan I think played a bit of fullback with. No, he played. He was a true running back with Mac, but you could see the creative ways that. Uh, the Argos had w- were able to use him um, in their offense. Um, it kind of reminds me of Pellerin. Maybe it's just a stretch. Maybe I'm just kind of comparing them in terms of body type
1: a bit there. But uh, what did you think about Dion coming off the board? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I, I, I see what you're going at with there. It's it's hard to say where he's going to really fit in, obviously, with the Argos pretty much doing a complete overhaul on the coaching <laughs> staff. Um what I'm excited for, and this is kind of just like a, a OUA dream. You know, Deion Pellerin gain holes opened up by Dylan Gifford. So <laughs> that's that, that's a pretty good combination. I also like he's he's got a good size uh, to kind of stick where he's going to stick. Um, the only tough thing with running backs is obviously, um, you know, their ability in the pass game. I think he's kind of got that. Maybe he needs to get a little bit more speed. And then I think the main concern right now for. Any team would obviously be, be him staying healthy. Uh, he was kind of riddled a little bit with injuries, whether they kept him off the field or not last year. So I think I don't know how his quarantine's been going, but hopefully he's been taking really good care of himself. Um, if he can stay healthy, he's gonna be he's gonna be deadly. Whether he sticks again first year or not, but uh, I think he'll have he'll have a, a pretty solid career if he can, you know, fit in with whatever scheme the Argos are kind of putting in this year. Definitely. It'll be really great to see where
0: he fits in, as you kind of mentioned, with uh, the overhaul with the team. Hopefully they get the right guys who know how to properly use these pieces because without a doubt, the Argos, I think, did a great job of bringing in a, just a load of talent. Now it's just a matter of can you get the right person in there to put that talent in the best position to be successful. Um so next couple of guys off the board, um, we won't. I don't think we'll 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 say too much about this. I know we, we don't want to make this into a, an hour long podcast if we can prevent it. Um, even though that's kind of my style, um, <laughs> but uh, we had Jos- <laughs> Joseph Joseph uh, Benz. I, I I think is the pronunciation on his last name. It's a bit of a tricky one there. Offensive lineman out of Mac, second offensive lineman for the Marauders coming off the board. Game picked up by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, with the 45th overall pick there, um, followed quickly by Brad Cowan from Wilfred Laurier, uh, linebacker, now a member of the Rough Riders, or pardon me, the, the Red Blacks, with the uh, 47th overall pick. Um, I think uh, Cowan's another one of those guys that um, I think Laurier's is another good example of, of, of a defense that, you know, obviously Achampong, especially now with how high he went in the pick it can stand out as being um you know that guy on their defense or a guy like Ayo um being one of the you know standout guys but the defense as a whole was just really solid um kind of looking at some of their stats here Laurier was second against the run last year um and second against the the pass last year just in terms of yards given up so when you look at the type of impact someone like Cowan is going to have at the linebacker position obviously um him alongside um some of the guys like Hutter Coppin and, and the other guys, um, for Laurier, um, a big part of, uh, you know, what made them successful, um, made that defense successful, I should say. And also, you know, standing at to six, 30 six, something pounds, um, going to be, uh, you know g- good size for uh some good size at the linebacker position in terms of the uh, uh, joseph the offensive lineman from from mac you know six five good height only this at 255 which is a bit of a surprise um a little bit light there it would seem um and you know mac despite all you know the praises we're talking about their offense the the rushing attack did lack a little bit um Last year, I think they were rank, they were ranked seventh in terms of rushing yards, which maybe is just a product of when you're passing attacks so effective that the running game just lacks a bit because you're more focused on doing what you're, you're best at. Um, and so after that, this is where uh, I'm going to need your Western specialty to hop in on here. We had Jonathan Femi Cole uh, running back from the staying gang, now joining the Rough Riders. Um, you know, Femi Cole's an interesting pick and another guy who... Um, you know, in in a in a in a different world where the we don't have the coronavirus and we have our combines and stuff, it'd be interesting to see where he goes because obviously, with the amount of talent Western's had at running back in the past few years, it's understandable that kind of similarly when we talked about Kean, his pure stats aren't really there. Um, so what makes a guy like Femi Cole stand out despite not getting just the type of touches that you know would normally put a running back?
1: Um, At the fifty third overall pick in the draft, I think it's stature over stats. um, In this sense, Uh, similar to what I was kind of trying to get at with uh, Keen Schaefer Baker. Another Keen doesn't have any stats. um, It's just the sort of build you want in a certain position. Um, You know, if you if you trust your coaches well enough, you can get them to you know do what you want to do. Obviously, Femi Cole didn't really to put the numbers up that he may have wanted to or people thought he was going to put up coming um, into Western but obviously he had that I believe he went to Minnesota before the Western um, he had he has that experience we had you know he has other tape as well um, I think he's more of a power back um, you know in, in between the gaps knocking people over um, he was up there in the rankings as well with hardest hitting running backs um, and again it's just you know what the coaches kind of want they, they see a body that they can maybe mold into the position that they want i would assume he would stay at that position you know maybe do a little bit of up back blocking on punts and stuff like that but you know staying more true to running back as opposed to being moved around a lot um but yeah i think it's just more uh, stature over stats is it a bit
0: of a surprise that we saw him get picked up but there was uh no trey humes in this draft is that a surprise at all Is Trey Hume's eligible? Oh, maybe um, maybe I should oh, yeah, I'll double check that. I thought I thought he might have been, but anyways, we'll just move past that. Um next uh next OUA guys coming off the board. We had a pair of GGs finishing the sixth round and starting the seventh round in Kyle Rogers, linebacker now joining the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Shout out to him for being the 55th man picked overall. I feel like we should like do something special for him to recognize that. Obviously, uh, you know. Not not his doing knowing that he's getting a picked fifty fifth overall um but then followed suit by Rashawn Davis defensive end for the GGS, now a member of the ottawa Red blacks um you know Rashawn was definitely getting a bit of hype going towards uh in, in some of the later mock drafts um Kyle Roger, uh probably another guy that was slept on but you know as as I was mentioning in, in the IG live a few times um it, one of the things that stood out to me from our off-season walkthrough tour was from when we were speaking with when we were at McMaster and speaking with Dewey, Andreas Duick and he talked about how McMaster or how Ottawa is, uh, you know, one of the more uh, underappreciated defenses out there. And that obviously bared out in the Panda when you saw well, their defense win that game for them. I really, I, I, I don't know how you could really dispute that. And uh, you know, similarly, as we've talked with, uh, talked about with McMaster and Laurier a little bit, two guys who, the the names might not not necessarily jump out at you, but that's more just a product of how well rounded that defense is.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not they're not names that are necessarily going to make headlines or you know highlights, but that again, that doesn't really matter. Um, when it comes down to it there's 53 guys on a team maybe sometimes more sometimes less and you know there's not enough room in the headlines for all of them doesn't mean they're not good players and these guys are obviously uh great at what they do and the right teams recognize that the right scouts who get paid to do their job did their job here uh and picked up some great talent um you know obviously kyle 5'11 207 uh, good fit at r- linebacker. I really think linebacker is an underappreciated position in the CFL um, because of special teams and because of the ratio you got to put players in, in positions and and maybe they they saw something they liked and and they they're okay with him running all the way down the field on a bunch of kickoffs. You know they're great Cup champs, so they're probably going to score a lot of touchdowns. And then um, Davis, I think he's a he's a little undersized in the height department for a uh, a DN. Um, maybe Ottawa kind of likes that. They already picked up, obviously. Uh, some O-linemen to protect their, their new QB, um, so I don't, you know, the 7th round is kind of like, I don't want to say you can you can kind of risk it and pick up random guys, but these are two solid guys going back-to-back back for Ottawa, obviously um, the, the GG's are happy, um, and you know the Red Blacks, again, it's kind of they have that little bit of advantage, they can watch him all year long <laughs> without having to send their scouts out there and, and break the bank on the budget, but um, yeah. No, congrats to those two guys and I, I, I can't say I know much about them to say whether they're going to stick or not but I guess the link time will tell our next two OUA guys gives us another example of teammates going back to back and
0: uh, this was our, our, our brother Brandon Mackey's favorite part of the draft when we had a pair of York Lions in Caden Johnson and then and Rossini Sanjong go back-to-back with the 58th and 59th pick. Uh, Johnson, the the 6'3", 220 running back, now a member of the BC Lions, and Sanjong, they have him listed at 6'2", 235. I feel like he might be a little taller than that, but now a member of the Edmonton Eskimos. And, uh, you know, two guys who, you know, Caden uh, missed a lot of ball because of injury. Um, and so not to take away from what these guys you know, do on the field in terms of their, their football skills, but two guys who I think are best known as being standout athletes. And of course, I don't just say that in this, the way that you can talk about any of these guys as being standout athletes, since they're all now professional athletes, but stand out in the sense that they stand out amongst the other professional athletes. Caden Johnson and, and Rossini. Um, you had some interesting takes the other day when we were talking about Caden Johnson and, and the impact of the the draft on him. What did you think about him falling to fifty eight?
1: I think he's a steal here. Um and I think if you ask anyone at York they're gonna say he's a steal here. Uh again and kind of another statue over stats type deal he's six three two twenty. Um and I don't know how, how true to the fact that is but the fact that he you know anyone on his team will say he runs like a one eighty five receiver. Um I uh, you know plays football on the track team as well. Uh yeah, he's, he's, he's got the stature to to be a, a scary factor for a lot of D linemen and linebackers. Um, and yeah, I was saying that obviously without the National Combine, without all this stuff, he doesn't really get a chance to show off um, as much as he maybe liked to. And I think if he did, he probably would have been picked a lot higher. Um, you know, I don't want to say had NFL teams looking at him, but he, he's, got, he's got the size and the speed um, to do some damage. And I just kind of, you know, Hope he can stay healthy at in uh, BC.
0: So moving on to the next OUA guys coming off the board. Um, now this was a big surprise for I think a lot of people following the draft. We had Jesse Lawson, uh, offensive tackle from the Carlton Ravens, taken 62nd overall by uh, Saskatchewan, um, late seventh round here. And uh, you know uh, the as far as the OUA offensive linemen in the way, it was really it was four names it was it was Coulter it was it was Giffen um it was Zot and it was Lawson and if you want to divide that up even more you had the two guards in Coulter and Zott you had the two tackles in Lawson and Giffen and we talk about Giffen dropping as much as he did it really seems like Lawson um fell quite a bit and from a lot of things I've read about him, it seems like people are thinking about him um, moving to the inside uh, to guard, and that maybe he's a bit of a you know a, a bit of a project. He's six six, two eighty five. Um, I remember I think I think Stephen Cardi calls him like stone hands or something like that. Just type of guy who you know once he gets the mitts on you, it's it's game over. But you know a great pick nonetheless, and uh, you know I'll jump a little ahead as well to you know Mitch Raper the fullback from Carlton getting picked 68th by Edmonton two huge pieces of the running attack um, for Carlton over the years and obviously when we've seen guys like Nathan Carter have the production he's had there and then the breakout year from Joshua Ferguson this past year um, no surprise that the guys that lead the way for the you know running backs like Nathan, and uh and joshua are are getting picked in the draft uh whether it's late seventh and early eighth um any
1: any take on on lawson here i mean uh, just apologies for forgetting him um, <laughs> in, in the images uh i will i will say the image is already up um uh, of him you know it's it's up and everything's organized and in the right order um Again, this is kind of what teams need, and if teams don't really necessarily need O uh they're not—they're going to let you fall. And you know, you shouldn't be disappointed that you're falling to the seventh round because again, this is a 62nd pick. And if we're you know looking at NFL, it's still second round. Um, so you know, a lot of a lot of great talent in this draft. A lot, a lot to look at. Um, and I still think he's 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 a great talent. I think he'll stick the first year. Um, whether or not he dresses and starts is is up to Saskatchewan. But, you know, great talent coming out of Carlton. Um, and, you know, the fact that he dropped might might help him a little bit, put a little bit of chip on his shoulder and come into Saskatchewan with an attitude. Obviously not a negative one, but you know mm-hmm. exactly what I mean. Yeah. Uh, next
0: OUA guy off the board. Um, I know we jumped out of order a little bit there. Um, but next OUA guy following lawson uh tanner cadwallader um not a guy i i watched too too much tape on but another example of someone who probably benefited from having the regional combine um you, i'm pulling it up right here ran a 472 in the 40 you know kind of probably sam type build linebacker db type guy but r- runs a 472 and put up 20 reps on the bench while while jumping uh a th- with a 35 inch vertical so you know obviously when you see numbers like that um and you know once again defensive player i know we talked about laurie being d-line you but just a defensive player in general coming out of that school is uh you know not to say i can't miss but it just it, it makes you uh you know think that he's probably uh probably really well coached And, uh, you know, much like a lot of the guys that uh, have come out of school, very good athlete. Um, So, nice pick there for the Blue Bombers at 64, the product out of Wilfred Laurier. Um, Pick after him, Damian Jamison, the third York player. I mean, it it seems like, uh, you know, there was so much pomp and circumstance about U of T this year, obviously, with what their offense did. But, you know, York wins the red and blue bowl, the Argo bowl, and then they get three guys in the draft to, uh, uh, to, uh, to Toronto's uh, zero guys. Um, so I feel like uh, once again this was a, a rough draft for uh, our friend Brandon Mackey to watch. But I think uh, Jameson, another guy, where being able to go to uh, the combine, the regional combine, being able to run a, a four six six, put up fourteen reps, and uh, you know jump a. You know 35 and a half in the vert nine and a half and a half on the broad uh really great athlete there at linebacker also staying at 6 1
1: yeah i think again it's the linebacker position in, in the cfl that's that's great and so versatile uh he's got a great build at 215 uh 6 2 like you said he runs a, a sub 4 seven forty. um very very good vert i'd say for for a guy his size um you know, I, I don't have enough tape on him to really comment but just the fact that he's kind of get again the, that stature that CFL teams are looking for and again with you know such a, a, a late a late pick in the draft um, you can kind of take a little bit of a risk on guys um, obviously have them on your roster and I'm, I'm sure the special teams coach is very happy to have him on the team and that brings us to the final pick in the draft
0: um, the mr. anything but irrelevant friend of the show uh Mr. Bleska Kambamba, defensive back out of Western. Um, you'll be hearing this episode before you hear us with Bleska when we put out the offseason walkthrough tour we did with the Western Mustangs. But the 73rd pick in the draft uh, by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm just, I'm just gonna shut up, give you the floor, talk about Bleska.
1: Um, you know, I won't touch about too much on you know how a, a great guy he is. Um, you know we we talked about that enough in the episode with Western Um, I kind of like that he's last Uh, obviously anyone in the seventh and eighth round you know kind of has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder Um, I think even though the CFL doesn't do a mystery relevant I kind of like that he felt a mystery relevant just because you know you will you'll hear in the episode as well he's kind of that guy that you know doesn't talk a lot about himself um you know lets other people talk about themselves or or do their thing and you know he's well aware of how hard he works he's well aware of how good he is um and this is just an, another kind of thing that's gonna is gonna push him to be an even better player um the fact that he's got this chip on his shoulder in fact if you went to his instagram already he's he's posted three photos with you know uh the caption irrelevant on it <laughs> um I, I think he, you know I think he's ready to go out there and he's gonna bust his ass and hopefully never come back to Western ever again and wear that purple. Uh, unfortunate that he's all the way in Winnipeg. I was hoping he's gonna come to you know Hamilton or Toronto and maybe we could work on some things off the field together. But no, I I like I like that he's last. And uh, you know obviously I I want him to be higher, but I like that he's last. It's gonna add a little bit of extra um, to how hard he works. So, no, I, I like where he ended up. And now, uh, as we wrap up the draft
0: there with the OUA guys, just taking a look at, and I'm sure I'll miss a few guys even doing this, but just a few of the guys that, uh, you know, possibly we could have seen drafted tonight but but didn't quite make the cut. Um, quarterbacks like, um, of course, Clay Sequeira from U of T, um, you know, wasn't really seeing him in many mock drafts. But, of, you know, of course, you know, just look at what he did last year. He's obviously got the talent. And he wants to get another guy, friend of the show. Um, Tevin Bowen, defensive lineman from Carlton, um, you know, has been on those great defensive lines uh, with guys like Kenny Onyeko over the years and just all the ballers on that defense. Tremaine Steven, uh, part of that great defensive unit at ottawa uh, we didn't see him getting picked up in this draft um daniel metcalf it was it was great getting uh, ab alex borne uh another friend of the show part of the offseason walkthrough tour in, in windsor get to speak his praises a little bit and just some of the stuff that he's doing off the field uh with what's going on right now to try and just um uh just do his part and help out um and we didn't see nolan putt uh Willamoa two defensive backs out of McMaster and then Laurier respectively and uh, uh, Joshua Josh Brown defensive tackle from um, from Waterloo uh, just name a couple guys there's plenty more guys that uh, you know for people who follow the OUA um, and, and people on the different teams I'm, I'm sure we're a little upset not to see some of those names come up but to me um, I, I take that all as a positive thing you know much like in the way that the past two years, Laurier didn't make the playoffs. And you can kind of look at that and be like, wait, you're, you're telling me there's six teams in the OUA that are ostensibly better than Laurier? That's a good thing, as far as I'm concerned, as a fan of this league. So when you look at some of those names, OUA guys that have been consummate stars in this league for their careers in the OUA, and then you're saying, wait a minute, they didn't get drafted. Once again, in my books, ultimately, although I'm sure they would have loved to get picked up and it would have been great to see some of those names come up in the draft. It just speaks to the amount of talent that was, you know, not just in this draft as a, a fluke draft, but is just in this league. Um, Canada's coming up, man. I mean, we've we've been on the rise, obviously, in 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 this you know game we love. Um, so I just I think this was such a terrific night for for the game and for Canadian football uh, nationwide.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it was, it was a fantastic night. I was I was very excited. Other than the work we were doing, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, but you know, even if they didn't get drafted, uh, the next couple of days expect to see a lot of guys uh, signing that undrafted free agent contract. Uh, you know, just because they didn't get drafted doesn't mean they're not going to get their shot to make the pros. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I had people like Clay, I you know, I didn't think he's going to get drafted, um, but I think he'll he'll sign a an undrafted free agent, go to a camp. Um, at least for the sake of being a camp arm and, and being that kind of intelligent quarterback that can go and absorb a playbook fairly quickly. Um, maybe, you know, obviously get sent back down to Toronto, but, you know, he definitely could make a roster with, with the, the stature, the intelligence he has, and obviously the uh, the stats as well. Um, but no, I'd expect to see even people like uh, Alex Daly sign an undrafted free agent contract um, in the next couple of days or weeks. Um, So, yeah, just because people aren't getting drafted doesn't mean uh, they're not going to get their shot at their dream. Um, Obviously, you want to hear your name be called, but at the end of the day, you know, if you get the chance to compete for a professional roster spot, you're going to go out there and compete. And just because you're a first-round draft pick compared to a seventh-round draft pick or an undrafted free agent, if whoever's best is the best and they're going to play, you know? I've seen crazier things. People get cut all the time
0: hundred percent and uh, you know I I just still think it's it just is a ultimately a, a testament to a a good place that that footballs in right now in uh, in our country so uh, for all those reasons I think it was just such a such a incredible night and From everyone, you know, while we were doing the IG Live, I was taking a look on Twitter, you know, the conversations. I mean, obviously, we're very plugged into the people that are going to have conversations about these types of things. But, you know, there was so much positivity um, around the draft and, you know, getting to talk to a guy like Coulter, getting picked up and getting to talk to a guy like Charlie Taggart, seeing one of his boys get picked up and talking with all these guys. um, It was just, just... an incredible night and uh, you know we're both exhausted and uh, you know all the uh, other outlets that were covering the draft in their own ways I, I I applaud them for the work they did in preparing and for everything they did tonight um, because obviously uh you know not to get into this conversation now because it's a much longer conversation but obviously the uh, state of football in Canada is somewhat precarious at the moment but I think this was just a testament to uh, how much um, how much love there is for the sport here. So I think it was a win all around for the guys who got drafted, for the guys who didn't, for the guys who watched it, for the guys who covered it, and everyone uh in between. Um so I guess next up on the docket for us, uh, like we mentioned, it's gonna be the final episode of the off season walkthrough tour. Our our uh, you know, sit down so to speak with some Western Mustangs. Um that'll be coming out this coming uh, this upcoming Monday after you've heard this one already, uh, following that, we'll probably do a little wrap up on the tour as a whole. And, you know, from then we're gonna just get creative and, uh, come up with the next, uh, brilliant thing for you guys
1: to, uh, you know, stay entertained. Um, and, you know, it's I'm you- going to take it, I'm going to take a nap. We're going to take a nap. That's <laughs> what We're going to do. We're going to stop for a little bit. We're going to take a nap and just enjoy what the work that we did. <laughs> yeah. We're going to pat ourselves on the back for a little bit.
0: Um, you know, I, I was mentioning on the IG live. If you've uh, gotten to see the offseason walkthrough tour shirts that uh, we've been uh, giving out to the guys we've gone on the uh, tour with uh, we are selling them um contact us we'd love to, we can ship them out to you we can we can make that work um if you want to uh you know rock any of our uh ro- rock any of our swag support the brand uh, you know we would love to see it um and uh and yeah you know uh if you have missed any of the episodes from the offseason walkthrough tour they're all there on the archives spotify uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts—it's all there. Go check them out. Um, you know, after our little uh, you know recovery nap, we'll be putting up more content. We have a, a ton of stuff backlogged from all that. Um, I, I don't know if you were there when Alamin was uh, trying to uh, you know he, he was wondering when some of the videos are going to come out from Carlton and uh, you know he's getting antsy over there. But uh, I, I, I you know we're working hard to get all that stuff out. But uh, you know this uh, you know the we might, you might not be hearing as much from us as obviously with the, the, the walkthrough tour coming to an end, but we're still working hard to bring you the best content. Uh, we are still your home for OUA football. So you will hear from us on Monday. And then after that, we'll see you next time at the 55.